Hello and welcome to the Proxima Weekly Briefing. This is one of your hosts, Maura Murphy, reporting to you from a very snowy New York. This is week commencing February 1st, 2021. To kick off here, I'm going to be running through and consolidating some of the policy info that might be affecting you if you are in the, especially the power sectors in the US. Uh, One of the more recent updates from the new administration is concerning uh, Biden's reinvestment plans for some major US agencies, the Small Business Administration, US Exim, Rural Utility Services Programs, Department of Energy Loans Programs Office, the DFC, formerly known as OPEC, Build America programs, the Department of Transportation, and the WIFIA program, which is part of the EPA, were all slowed down or even had a curtailed activity during Trump's presidency, with the exception, of course, of the Small Business Administration. These seven business, infrastructure, and development finance agencies all play important roles in creating jobs and implementing aspects of the new Biden administration. And a coordinated approach is going to be needed to revive and defend them following Trump's exit from the White House. Uh, JLS Capital's president, John Schuster, is examining the the role that these agencies will play during Biden's time in office in a two-part article series, so I do recommend that you check that out. Now, I'm sure that you've also heard of the sheer number of executive orders that Biden has been signing somewhere in the high 20s now, I believe, which he says is more about eliminating bad policy more than anything. Now, one of these was an executive order that sets a goal of doubling U.S. offshore wind capacity by 2030. The directive could see federal leases for offshore wind increase from 21 gigawatts to 41 gigawatts. And then through another executive order, Biden has also paused all new leasing for oil and gas projects on federal land and in federal waters. The order also called for the U.S. to develop a climate finance plan, making use of multilateral and bilateral institutions to help flow capital, quote, toward climate-aligned investments and away from high-carbon investments. Treasury Secretary and Secretary of State have been tasked with submitting a plan to the president within 90 days. Both of these actions form part of Biden administration's aim for renewable energy to make up 100% of USA's energy mix by 2035 and for the US to reach carbon neutrality by 2050. And directly off the back of that great news for the offshore wind markets in the US, Equinor and BP have completed the formation of their strategic US offshore wind partnership. BP has acquired 50% interest in the Empire Wind and Beacon Wind lease areas off the US coast for $1.1 billion. The Empire Wind lease area is located 15 to 30 miles southeast of Long Island on the eastern coast of the US and has a has the potential for two gigawatts of capacity through a two-phase development. Beacon Wind is located 20 miles south of Nantucket and 60 miles east of Montauk Point with 2.4 gigawatt potential from its two phases. The companies also plan to jointly pursue other US offshore wind opportunities. Moving to solar, Verizon has announced the signing of six 15-year solar PPAs that will add 845 megawatts of capacity. Three agreements with Invenergy will add 525 megawatts from 2023, while a deal with Lightsource BP will supply output from the 152-megawatt Bellflower Solar Project in Indiana by the end of 2022. Verizon has also signed a 92-megawatt PPA with EDF Renewables and 75 megawatts from NextEra Energy Resources. Both deals will lead to supply in the PJM interconnection regional market. 
The latest PPAs bring Verizon's optic agreements in the last two years to 1.7 gigawatts, and the company intends to issue two $1 billion green bonds to fund the deals. Moving up to Canada, Canada's Minister of Infrastructure and Communities has announced the appointment of Tamara Verman as chairperson of Canada Infrastructure Bank. She replaces Michael Sabia, who was appointed Deputy Minister of Finance by the Prime Minister in December of 2020. Verman is the CEO of Vancouver International Airport and was previously BC's Deputy Minister of Finance. This is being considered a great win for Canada's Minister of Infrastructure, Catherine McKenna, as Verman led British Columbia's finance ministry in the mid-2000s when the province achieved a triple-A credit rating and has been on several shortlists for federal appointments. And moving to LNG now, Next Decade has completed the evaluation of its Galveston Bay LNG site in Texas and has determined that it is not suitable for development. A portion of the site is under federal navigation servitude and serves as an active dredge material placement area for the Texas City Ship Channel Federal Project. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers would have to request that Congress authorize the release of its constitutional right of the navigation servitude over this DMPA. The process to secure the release would be prolonged and as a consequence, Next Decade has decided to end the project. FERC has been informed of the withdrawal from the pre-filing proceedings that the U.S. Department of Energy has requested to terminate its 2018 authorization for the port of LNG. Continuing in the world of LNG oil and gas, S&P Global Ratings has taken rating actions on several major global oil and gas companies. In order to account for increased risks in the industry, it's placed the following companies on credit watch with negative implications. Chevron, ExxonMobil, Imperial Oil, Royal Dutch Shell, Shell Energy North America, Total, China Petrochemical Corporation, China Petroleum and Chemical Corporation, China National Offshore Oil Corporation, CNOOC, ConocoPhillips, Woodside Petroleum, and Canadian Natural Resources. Additionally, S&P has changed its outlooks for BP and Suncor Energy to negative from stable. Justifying its rating actions, S&P cited the uncertainty facing the oil and gas sector in relation to the energy transition, recent fluctuations in the oil and gas price, and profitability concerns related to high capital investment in the sector between 2005 and 2015, coupled with lower average commodity prices since 2014. Now, Shell specifically um, has been able to offset this with a lot of its work into the renewable space. Take, for example, Shell's uh, recently signed agreement to acquire 51% stake in the Emerald Floating Wind project off the south coast of Ireland from the developer Simply Blue Energy. The project is proposed for 35 to 60 kilometers offshore in the Celtic Sea near Kinsdale gas fields that are currently being decommissioned. The Emerald project is in the early stages and could include 15 to 20 turbines, producing up to 300 megawatts in the first phase, with the potential to reach one gigawatt at full build-out. The development would be serviced from Cork Harbor. And just to wrap up today's whole conversation on the energy transition, the World Bank has issued a Swedish kroner green bond that's due January 2029, which is raising 2 billion Swedish kroner, which is about just over 237 million. 
The bond offers an annual coupon of 0.25% and a yield of 0.313%. Skandinaviska and Skilda Banken was the sole lead manager for the transaction, and Swedish investors made up the majority of investors in the transaction with pension funds, insurance funds, and asset managers accounting for 84% of participation. Banks picked up the remaining share. And the World Bank green bonds support the financing of projects in member countries that meet specific criteria for low carbon and climate resilient growth, seeking to mitigate climate change or help affect people adapt to it. The types of eligible projects include renewable energy installations, energy efficiency projects, and new technologies in waste management and agriculture that reduce greenhouse gas emissions and help finance the transition to a low carbon economy. They also support the financing of forest and watershed management and infrastructure projects that prevent climate-related flood damage and build climate resilience. Well, that's all for today. Um, really looking forward to seeing everyone next week. If you've got any questions or would like to see some more, then feel free to reach out to us directly at team at Proximo Infra. Until next week. <laughs>